Hey, it's time again for Mimi's with Jess. And today I wanted to hop right back into reading from the Lucid Dreaming Workbook. Feels like forever (laughs) since I last read from there. Um, And now that you officially have your own copy, um, I wanted to get back into that. And I hope you've um, been enjoying it so far and hopefully you've had time to go back um, to the introduction and chapter one and complete the little exercises there. But um, this chapter is titled General Benefits and it starts off with a short little um, you know, quick response for you to give. Um, and it says, one of the most common questions about lucid dreaming is, why bother? Life is already so busy. What's in it for me? Does this describe you or are you already sold? I know for me, I'm already sold. I think I was sold even before I cracked open this book, honestly. Um, For me, I want it to help me be more present during the day, um, to dive into things that my subconscious mind has been trying to tell me. And I just haven't quite been able to stop and really listen and pay attention. And I want, I feel like there's so much that my subconscious is trying to tell me. And I really just want to be better at that. Um, So that's what I'm looking forward to. But let's get started reading this chapter. After 40 years of exploring these special dreams, I find that the scope and depth of their potential still continue to astound me. The benefits I'll share in the next two chapters may seem almost too good to be true, but the vast literature supports these claims. Thousands of students I've worked with continue to verify them and my own experience confirms these remarkable gains. Lucid dreaming is subtle, but subtle doesn't mean ineffectual. Thoughts and emotions are very subtle, but they dictate most of our waking lives, called gross lives in the Eastern traditions. Virtually everything we say or do starts with a subtle mental impulse. An understated object can control our life's direction, much as the small rudder on a huge ocean liner can control the direction of a massive ship. Lucid dreams have that same power. One dream can change the course of an entire life. In chaos theory, the butterfly effect, or to use the chaos theory term, 
Sensitive dependence on initial conditions refers to how a tiny change in one place can result in colossal changes in another place. Now I'm going to have to watch that movie, The Butterfly Effect, all over again. Side note. (laughs) The image is that of a butterfly flapping its wings in the Bahamas and the tiny puff from that turbulence eventually building into a cyclone. Lucid dreams work in the same way. You never know how big an effect your nightly dreams can have on your daily life. In this chapter and the next, you will discover the cascade of benefits. From the profane to the profound, from the superficial to the supernatural, the effects of lucid dreaming offer something for everyone. So now we have this exercise titled Dreams in My Life. Take a few minutes to think back over the role dreams have played in your life so far. What have your dreams offered you? Have you already had some dreams that illuminated aspects of your life or helped you solve a problem or pointed you in a new direction? List some of your most influential dreams. And next, if you've had some lucid dreams, how have they changed you? If you need to, you can pause it right here and take a minute to complete that exercise. Reflecting on the importance of dreams, listening to them, honoring them, journaling about them, and sharing them all serve to establish a conversation between the waking and the dreaming mind. You have a ready conversationalist, even a wise advisor, waiting for you in the silence of the night. You need only to listen and respect what this deeper part of you has to offer. The best messages and deepest secrets are often whispered like this is freaking crazy like that's literally just what I said that I want to come out of learning how to navigate through lucid dreamings Um, I mean lucid dreams anyway moving on why are lucid dreams so powerful Any psychologist will tell you that our conscious lives are dictated by unconscious processes. Backstage always runs what happens on stage. What you do down there has vast surface repercussions up here in your conscious life. It's akin to the transformative power of hypnosis but with one big difference. Only five to 10% of the population is highly hypnotizable, whereas virtually everybody dreams and can therefore practice lucid dreaming. Lucid dreams work with the 
tectonic plates of your experience. When those plates shift beneath you, the shock waves can have deeply moving effects. This is more good news. It means you don't have to have lucid dreams constantly to be changed by them. In the wisdom traditions, the subtle or unconscious realms give birth to conscious or gross states. In Hinduism, sleeping consciousness, which is even more subtle than dreaming consciousness, is called causal consciousness. It's the foundation of all coarser states. These subtle but foundational dimensions are the targets for lucid dreaming, and they help us understand why these extraordinary dreams are so transformative. General Benefits Before we explore the specific benefits of lucid dreaming in the next chapter, let's take a look at some general ones. The benefits in this chapter are some of the collateral benefits, perks that are not part of the lucid dreaming curriculum per se, but healthy side effects. By the time you finish this book, you will see that lucid dreaming is about so much more than just waking up in your dreams. It's about waking up to your life. In a broad sense, Lucid dreaming can feel like stepping out of a bright room and into the dark night. At first, you can't see a thing. But if you simply keep your eyes open and remain patient, you will accommodate to the, to the darkness and start to see things that were always there but previously hidden. When you first step into the world of lucid dreaming, you may not see very much. It's initially dark inside, but if you're patient and keep your inner eyes open, all kinds of fascinating things will start to appear. Now we have this exercise titled, Getting to Know Your Dreams. In the space provided, Write down what you first noticed about your dreams since you started reading this book. Are things starting to change? Are you already establishing a new relationship to your dreams? We're all different and proceed in our own individual ways, but the pattern of progression is something like this you'll start to see and remember more dreams. Your dreams will become clearer. They will last longer. They will become more stable and you will start to have more impactful dreams. This can all happen before you start having lucid dreams or in, conjun or in conjunction with their occurrence. Does this describe any of your experience? So if you need to, you can pause here and complete that exercise. 
Because you're starting to relate to your sleeping mind in a more refined way, a host of practical practical benefits are common. For example, the nocturnal practices can help you transform insomnia. Many participants in my programs struggle with this widespread condition, but because they have learned to better understand sleep cycles, discussed in chapter 4, and have methods to work with their mind during the night, explored in chapters 8 and 9, they have transformed this obstacle into an opportunity. This next exercise is elusive sleep. Do you struggle with insomnia? If so, have you tried relating to your sleepless mind in a meditative way? And has this approach worked? Many people suffer from jet lag. While the following methods may not get rid of jet lag, they can help you relate to it differently. To view it as an opportunity to explore the hypnagogic state, the state between wakefulness and sleep, and the hypnopompic state, the transition from sleep to wakefulness more intensively. Hypnos is the Greek god of sleep, and gogic means heading toward. Pompic heads the other way, away from the god of sleep. If you wrestle with jet lag, have you explored your dreaming mind as you transition into different time zones? If so, what have you learned? If you need to, you can pause here. Most people discover that lucid dreaming helps them sleep better through one, the good sleep hygiene that we implement with lucid dreaming, two, the meditations that support lucid dreaming and calm the mind like a nightly pacifier, and three, removing all fear of the dark and ridding yourself of any anxiety about the unconscious mind and the dreams that bubble up from it. Some people express a general fear of the dark, which is often a fear of the unknown. We tend to associate light with goodness and dark with evil. Darkness is a code word for ignorance and a convenient place to throw a lot of unwanted experiences. This is actually not fair to darkness, which is neutral. But into this black pit, we innocently toss many of our personal demons. I've often wondered if this is why children fear there are monsters lurking under the bed. Even some adults feel uneasy about leaving an arm or a leg hanging off the edge of their mattress. Below the bed of the mind 
is the darkness of the unconscious mind, where all sorts of unwanted phenomena reside. It could be that this is what you fear lurking down there, your deeper self. The next exercise will help you explore this. So this exercise is called Hello Darkness. Are you afraid of the dark? If so, why? If not, why not? I don't mind sharing my response on this one. Um, For me, yes, I've always been afraid of the dark. Um, Probably just rooted in fear of the unknown, you know, pretty typical. But within the past couple of years, I've started to feel like I understand a lot of things. Not that anybody's really taught me anything, um, but it, and I think I mentioned this to you the other day too, it's like, I feel like I now understand that what's dark is not necessarily evil, and sometimes it's almost like another dimension that can make us stronger, is kind of what I've been feeling. Next question is, what does darkness mean to you? Does it represent anything in particular? For me, the darkness is simply just equivalent to anything that is unknown. If you have an aversion to darkness, How much do you actually know about what you're avoiding? Contemplate your relationship to darkness. For many people, darkness is an unconscious landfill. Out of sight, out of mind, applies to how some of us treat darkness filling it with many of the rejected aspects of our experience. We then fear darkness because it represents what we don't want to see. It becomes the refused heap of our refused experience. Outer and inner darkness is where we try to hide our innermost fears. Our ease or anxiety with outer darkness is a reliable indicator for how we feel about the inner kind. Out of sight, out of mind may mean out of sight and into the unconscious mind, which is where dreams take place and why some people fear their dreams. Lucid dreaming turns on the nightlight and can help you see all of this, freeing you from inner fears and even transforming your relationship to outer darkness. Lucid dreaming can show you the relationship of outer and inner darkness and make you feel safe exploring both because lucid dreaming is a practice of light 
Light is a code word for awareness. Let there be light. And what doesn't improve with more awareness? As part of my spiritual training, I engage in traditional dark retreats. I'll enter a pitch black cabin to remove all distractions and to look deeply within. These cabins are specifically constructed to remove any light pollution. It's like the observatories that scientists build on secluded mountaintops away from any distracting light source. When things get really dark, astronomers can peer into the edges of the distant universe and see things never seen before. It's beyond the scope of this book to explore dark retreat, but one aspect applies here. Every time I go into my dark cabin, It takes a few days to caulk up the tiniest leaks of light. I'm always struck by how powerful light is and how the most minuscule pinhole can illuminate so much space. The effect is much greater than the cause. Light has an extraordinary ability to leak in and spread everywhere. In a similar way, the inner light from our lucid dreams can illuminate so much more than our dreams. This is yet another reason we don't need to have lucid dreams all the time to be enlightened by them. A tiny pinhole of inner light can illuminate vast inner space. These are just a few of the general benefits of lucid dreaming. I'm certain you can add to this list. In the space provided, write down the the benefits you discover as you go through this book. So mental note, I'm going to have to come back here later and add benefits that I find. Questions and answers. If lucid dreaming can tap into these deeper dimensions, like causal consciousness, it sounds like it can help me discover who I really am, right? Absolutely, but only if you want to go this deep. Many people prefer to stay on the surface of lucid dreaming, and that's fine. There's plenty to do at these outer levels and a host of benefits. But for those intrepid explorers looking for a deeper dive, lucid dreaming, and especially its evolution into dream yoga, can indeed take you to the center of yourself. There are many ways to explore the darkness of the night and the darkness of the unconscious mind via lucid dreaming. I'll show you the possibilities, point out the directions, give you some tips on how to get there, and then send you out, or in this case, in, on your own. 
is the fear of the dark, of the unknown, the only thing people are afraid of when it comes to lucid dreaming? First of all, most people are not afraid. Most people are excited about the possibilities. But this is a great question because it can lead to some deep reflections and discoveries. While some people are afraid of the dark, others are actually afraid of the light, of being too awake and aware. Marianne Williamson observed, Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. There is tremendous power in the darkness of the night and the deepest recesses of the unconscious mind. We can tap into that power when we bring it into the light of consciousness with these practices of lucidity. But some people prefer to sleep in the spiritual sense. Instead of putting their head into the proverbial sand, they put it under the covers. They just don't want to know. They prefer to stay distracted with daytime external activities, lost in non-lucidity. That's okay. This is not meant as a judgment. But it shows that even talking about lucidity, lucidity is revelatory. With these nocturnal practices, you can start to see things about yourself you've never seen, even before you hit the sack. Most people reading this book are probably tired of oversleeping and have an interest in waking up. And when they do, they can inspire others to do the same. Williamson also said, as we let our own light, also known as lucidity, shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. So are some people afraid of awareness of becoming lucid? Awareness is power, but some people have not yet realized this. Until they do, they remain disempowered, allowing others to control their lives. They don't realize they could take control, so they spend their waking lives as if in a non-lucid dream. On an even deeper level, Many people unconsciously submit to the power of their unconscious mind and hand their lives over, over to deeply ingrained habits, sleepwalking through their conscious lives. This is the sleep that the Buddhas, or the awakened ones, wake up from. So... I don't know about you, but I'm definitely ready to wake up from my unconscious and live more intentionally in my conscious life.
But that completes chapter two of the Lucid Dreaming Workbook. And um, let's talk about this later.